Hello, this Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, number 36, is different, special and possibly even a little bit meta. It was recorded at a two-day workshop for composers hosted by PRS for Music in partnership with Wild Plum Arts and the Cheltenham Music Festival. Six women composers from a range of genres across the UK convened to ostensibly to workshop songs for piano and voice earlier this year. But in addition to that, there were opportunities for professional development in workshops designed to develop their business skills, try out new ideas and receive feedback on their works. This podcast was originally intended merely to capture proceedings from those two days of workshops, but in the intervening period from recording to publication, an additional narrative has emerged for me. We think of composing or writing or filming or photographing as a creative process first. Whether we, the audience, realise it or not, we construct narratives or perceptions or stories about those people who create from the perspective of us not really knowing or understanding or appreciating firsthand the tangible inputs necessary to create that content whether it be music, words, art or video or whatever it is. Because we don't necessarily understand what's involved in making it, we elevate the process beyond the everyday into a kind of magic. And in so doing, we deny the reality of the creative endeavour, making our perception of the creative process basically unobtainable to all but the chosen few. In this podcast, you'll hear from all of the composers who participated in the workshops. You'll find their names in the show notes on Audioboom or on the Thoroughly Good blog. Um, You'll hear contributions from them, excerpts from some of their works and the workshops, plus one of the mentors, Lucy Schaefer from Wild Plum Arts. You'll also get my take on how my understanding of the creative process changed throughout the workshop experience. Where to begin? Well, at the end of the first day, when I met up with all of the composers at PRS in London to explore their motivations, perspectives and experiences on composing. Um, My name is Ella Jarman-Pinto and I am a composer. I'm based in Cumbria and I applied for here. I'm on maternity leave at the moment. I actually have my six-month-old baby. She's around the corner. Um, And... I'm really into voice. I'm really into to song. I love writing for for voice. Um, it's something that I just love to do in my spare time. I find poems, and I don't really understand them in real life. But when I put music to them, then I understand them. So that's that's how I use that. And uh, and I saw this, and I just went, "Oh, that's me. <laughs> Let's do that, shall we?" <laughs> and um, um, and it's just it's a nice it's a nice thing to do while I'm on maternity leave, just before I sort of hit the ground running back to work again. Um, when you're self-employed, you, have, you know, I've lost all my work, I have to start again, I have to start from scratch, and um, I want to go into commercial composition and start start writing for advertising and things. So, um, yeah, it's just sort of formulating the plan in my head to get going and try and, you know, earn, earn a living. But this was sort of something I could just do and enjoy and, you know, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's why I'm here. I'm Janet Oates, and I'm here to explore the art of vocal writing what did you when you saw the advert for for these two days of workshops what made you go i want to be on that a chance to work with people with a definite goal in the end of two performers who are going to look at your work just 
having live performance or live exploration of your work is essential for a composer. You're excited by that, aren't you? I can tell just yes. by the way you tell me. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a very lonely profession, composing, isn't it? And it's a lot of time spent at home imagining things to yourself with no one around you and to get involved with a group of other people your peers and chatting about ideas and hearing ideas live is absolutely essential i'm rosa miranda hall i'm lisa robertson and i'm here to develop my writing for a voice and experiment a bit with a few ideas i think that what you've told me i would find the prospect of that quite daunting because to me a composer is as you say working in isolation and everything makes perfect sense in your head or maybe it doesn't um uh, and then to then hear it essentially burst in front of peers would be to me would feel incredibly daunting i think it's something you kind of just get over i think that's probably the most exciting bit hearing it hearing it happen and I think I mean one of the things that really drew me to this was it's one thing to have something performed we've all had things performed but have something workshopped outside of a university setting I think is really special and workshopped not by one but two female composers is that that was what sold this opportunity to me Uh, when you say workshop for those of us who are not in the workshop experience what what does that provide you with as a composer um, I suppose it helps us dissect what we've done. I'm, the piece that I've brought, it explores quite a few different ideas. And it's a space to play and not necessarily have something set in stone. Whereas if you go from receiving a commission straight to having it performed, there's not that room for play. There's not that room for yeah, have, having fun with different textures and different ways of text setting. Presumably, as a, if, it, if something was commissioned, am I right in thinking that it would be commissioned, you would write, uh, work on it, deliver it, and that would be it? Is that essentially how it works? Pretty much, yeah. And I think an opportunity like this just allows you to be more adventurous. And yeah. if you're writing a commission, you kind of, you're so tempted just to play it safe all the time and not take those risks that might be kind of more creatively interesting. Uh, this is a, this is a really tough one, but when do you know, as creatives, that you are taking a risk? Is there is it like a is there a moment when you think, actually, no, that I am pushing myself there? When you feel you have to ask somebody about it, that's when you're taking the risk. <laughs> Otherwise, it's very easy to sit back on your laurels and just be very complacent about what you're writing and write what you know works. So as, as long as you're questioning yourself and thinking, I wonder if I should ask so-and-so or my friend, my singer friend about this, then you're pushing yourself a little bit. Uh, and what sort of thing, in, I, I know it's very difficult to generalise, but now you've now piqued my interest. What, what sort of thing would you be asking in that situation? Is it something as simple as... Are you able to sing this, or, or what is the question? For me, I've I've brought something that's in five little tiny sections, um, with the potential for inserting those sections throughout a program rather than having them all running as one continuous work. And I didn't know whether that would be allowed because <laughs> so, so the structure is quite adventurous. So you have to think. I, I need to ask about this. I can't just assume that people would accept it. There's something very magical about hearing all those little blobs that you've put onto paper um, be birthed into sound and emotion and what it actually sounds like, what it sounded like in your head or off Sibelius or, or whatnot. Um, is, it, is it possible to let go of it? 
Do you have to let go of it? Yes. <laughs> what, what are you saying yes to? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's hard to let go of that baby, but you do. Just that it, it's kind of like having a weird sort of out-of-body experience. It's just something that's happening up there, and it's kind of more nerve-wracking in a way than if you were actually performing yourself, because it's out of your hands, and... It, it will happen, but whatever happens will happen. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing, exciting moment. Sometimes it can almost feel like someone's reading your diary out loud, um, <laughs> rather than me reading my own diary in a podcast. <laughs> it, yeah, it can feel quite um, exposed, but then I have chosen to put it there. Uh, I'm struck by how you must surely have to be really controlled in the composition process because because it's all about the detail to a certain extent even if yeah it, it's all about the detail and so actually as you say when when you're there sat in the audience like I'm, I should be in control of this I'm not sure that I'd be comfortable with it do you get used to it I remember I remember the first composition I ever had performed um live to an audience I think it was second year of GCSE and it was in a workshop environment and halfway through the piece the cellist realised they had their second page of music upside down I got to it and there was this massive fumble and my heart just died and it was from that moment when I think after that had happened I had a very early learning curve, curve of you've just got to let what happens happens they did it fine only I noticed <laughs> only I noticed so that's actually that's that's a really valuable experience that's something yeah. that having only just gone self-employed I'm getting used to now 20, 22 years too late <laughs> really um, no, thank you. I write I shoot stuff I edit audio I make stuff but still hence the interview questions you've heard so far composing to me has a whiff of the unknown about it I wouldn't know where to begin, I wouldn't know where to end, I wouldn't really know what to put in between. What's apparent listening back is that there's an enormous amount of discipline needed for creative output, for composition. There's a resilience needed too, necessary to articulate and deliver on the initial creative spark. But when we've reached the top of that particular peak, there's another range of mountains to climb. Those mountains are about doing the business so that you can do the creating. Tell me about what you've been doing today and what you'll be doing tomorrow, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's been very interesting. Um, I have learnt that I don't know enough. Um, I, but I've learnt loads. Um, but there's also stuff, you know, we do know, but it's really good to get it re-drummed in. I'm looking for detail. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah! <laughs> I'll go straight yeah. I know what you're doing, but I'm okay, looking yeah, for the yeah, detail. Yeah, very good. So, um, no, we've had... Uh, the morning we had a, a workshop on how to uh, present ourselves in a sort of... It's a slightly corporate way, um, sort of ways to promote yourselves really quickly um, and come across well and interesting and, and to hopefully gain those opportunities and, you know, talk human to human with people who you really might want to approach and have a on a bit of a pedestal. So that was really, really helpful. And Got any tips for me? Oh, you, you're great. Oh, oh no. uh, nonsense. Uh, nonsense. Top, top notch. 10 no, no, out of 10. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to the 10. <laughs> what did they tell you? Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, 
it was it was just mainly about uh refining refining how you uh address people how you talk about yourself not doing yourself a disservice I think it's always quite hard I think we were talking a lot about the gender thing actually and how women potentially might not sell themselves and promote themselves as much as men that's come up a lot in every session we had today which is really interesting with a room full of women given that you are uh, creating something which presumably is a is a very personal process even though you are creating it for an audience the the compositional process is inevitably personal um is the idea of then promoting oneself an additional level of challenge that is just too difficult to to tackle do you, do you know it's what I the mean? promoting of oneself is exceptionally difficult promoting one's work is a little bit easier because it's an it's an object you can show to people but showing yourself to people is the scary thing and how do you has has today helped you tackle that or is that is that work in progress work in progress but it's made me confront it a little bit more and own up to it I uh, learned various ways in which I would like to improve in the future uh, regarding yes promotion of mm. my music and uh, the career side of things actually what this day has done for me ha- has demystified some of the things that I've been scared to do on a professional level like the idea of having a website and being a very active part of PRS it's it's doable because everyone does it it's, I shouldn't be scared of doing it we should all go and be a bit more professional it's definitely taught me that I'm not alone in some of my fears of um, sort of my self-worth as a creator we've all been quite on the same on the same table with that it's also taught me that I'm <laughs> not alone in not being active enough with PRS mm. with my website with my self-promotion and it's definitely taught me that this is something that needs to be taught at a much earlier stage in our careers at university um, or pre that if, if you don't go to an institution um, we're, we're not taught register on PRS or about higher rights or any of these licensing fees we've all learnt it the hard way or indeed sometimes not at all <laughs> and it's something we need to be told this is a career uh, What has surprised you today? <laughs> um some of the lost income streams that I didn't know I could get <laughs> uh, basically um, having I mean I've been searching out and trying to get information about this and I got some really wonderful um, clear this is what you should have got <laughs> so, okay so in terms of commissioning fees and then on top of that getting licensings for the performance and then on top of that getting uh, music hire for your parts um, Music hire for your parts. Does that work? Yes. Fee. Yes, you the fee for the, the music fee. hire. Yeah. For the, okay. for the, yeah. Um, there are associated, what you're saying, you know, there the, are the associated costs, costs. Yeah. on top of this commission fee yeah. that I had no idea I was even entitled to. And so I've been doing some fantastic um, opportunities the last few years. But I mean, they have been very underpaid. And you do them because they're very good. Ex- you know, it's terrible with exposure. You're on top of your work and you work nights to make it work. But, you know, like, it's not, it, it doesn't f- start to cover the amount of time and energy you put into this work. And you don't really get anything back from it. So knowing that I could have gone, actually, do you know about this, this, this and this? Can we discuss this further? <laughs> you know, I'm basically gobsmacked, but I'm also really pleased that I know that. And I feel like 
knowledge is power and you know I've gone through four years of you know four years of degree and I've had 10 years on top of that and I've only just found it out and that's with me looking and trying to find out what I'm supposed to be earning and how I'm supposed to make a living from this <laughs> it's one of those days where you just have to take notes and you just have to look back at them yeah, and because yeah. there's so much to take in that you can't process it all at once and so it's going to be good to kind of have these notes to to look back on actually in a couple of days time and think okay what am I going to put in place learning all of the techniques about presentation about how to um, look at possible uh, recording opportunities or um, sort of publishing rights and stuff like that Um, and looking about how to apply that to where I am now and sort of put an action plan in place really that's kind of what I'm taking away from it at the moment is I kind of need to have this kind of action plan of where I want to see myself in a couple of years and how how I'm going to get there and break it down into really manageable steps that I can achieve hopefully. It's we were just talking to someone outside who was a little bit shy to say she's to say I am a musician and I feel the same thing I would be terrified to go out in public and say say I am a composer which shouldn't be like that there's no one is shy to say I'm a lawyer I'm a teacher but I am a composer it feels gra- too grand for me uh, are you on the way to it feeling less grand um, work in progress. Okay, right, <laughs> that's the holding line. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you'd that any of you would like to tell me that I haven't asked you about? What we had for lunch. <laughs> I'm not going to ask. No, I'm. Whilst I appreciate, I gave the impression that I was interested. I'm not actually that interested. Is there anything else? I think it's the business aspect to composing that has really fascinated me during the making of this podcast. I suspect that's partly because I myself identified with many of the perspectives that composers shared in their initial interviews, gaining a better understanding of the business of selling creative output legitimizes our identity as creative professionals and it takes others showing us the mechanics of what's involved in being creative professionals to do that. And at that point, We're far away from that perception all of us hold about what being someone who writes, composes or produces for a living looks like. And all of that, before we get on to the actual performing, listening and workshopping. So I'll I'll stop talking now, but that's, we we were just so excited about this poem and um, I really just wanted to see how it would work in in the sort of context. Uh, Today we've been um, workshopping our pieces, so uh, we've been listening to other people's pieces as well as having feedback on what we've written as um, hearing it performed. The imagery, it's incredibly visual, um, and we wanted to, to work out how we could really translate that through music. And again, that, that idea that even though these words are fantastic, what, where do they come from, and how can we bring that out through the music? So, uh, well, as I'm sure you'll hear, it's, um, it's a piece... Well, the first line is, you don't know what love is. It's, there's an object there. 
she's directing this sentiment towards someone, but it's not about them. This is about her. Uh, we imagined it um, like this. It's we all know that girl. Sometimes we might have been that girl. We are. We've woken up in our bed with this atrocious hangover, with this hot headache, and there's a wine stink, uh, <laughs> and we are fully aware that we have made some absolutely atrocious decisions and it's this sort of slightly disgusting amusement at ourselves and that is you know littered throughout her each workshop comes together by the composer explaining their goals performance of the piece breaking it down finding problematic areas that might be solved by a different vocal inflection, by different notational skills, and finding out what was working well, what didn't work, and how they then look at the whole piece once we've done that through the whole, well, the whole song itself. And by breaking it down, they can now create it in a new image that they liked before or they didn't like or what they now found. And that's what education and mentorship and workshopping is all about. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So sometimes just the, the scope behind me wasn't what I had in my head when I was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so, yeah. amazing. Sorry, it wasn't wow, perfect. Have you have you done this before then? This I haven't sung it. No, oh, right. no. So it's a new one for you. It's a new, totally gosh, fresh. Fresh as Fresh That's right. Straight out of the ground. That's it. Yes. Uh, right. So what, you want to, what should we do? Can go over bits I got wrong? Or? <laughs> 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 if that's helpful for you, of course. Well, it's up to you. It's your, yeah, it's I mean, your time. It, what do we do, Harriet? Is it and as I said, it's really up to you to yeah. use the time in the workshops how you like. So there might be bits that you want to go over. There might be bits that you think actually is that difficult to bring together. Um, you know, okay. between. Um, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, lovely. Um, well, I'm think of it like a coaching right. session for your music. Mm. Great, yeah. fantastic, lovely. Well, uh, uh, amazing, and 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 fantastic navigation of all those different uh, tempo changes, and it's very episodic um, with this sort of move through these transitional periods of her life. Um, and so, yeah, I suppose it's it's that question of how can we really drive through to those different um, this these different motifs um, and these different stages in character throughout the song. And uh, I, I, I wonder, it's a question for you really, is there is there enough push and pull? Is there too much push and pull? Or is it a case of just coming together? Uh, I mean, whenever there's push and pull yeah. in a song, it's just something yeah. that needs to be written. the relationship yeah. between you and the singer in the workshop, how important is that for the development? Oh, uh, well, hugely. Um, it's, you can write something on paper, but it's got to be an individual response. And we wanted to make that individual response. It's, it's a fine balance between dictating it and allowing the freedom to express from that person's personality. So, again, that was something that we really looked into in this, in this workshop. 
uh, how much you can write it into the notation and where actually there's a bit more room for interpretation. So that was something that I was really interested in and I think we covered really well. Lots of helpful... I mean, for me as a composer, I'm really interested in what people think about it, whether it's playable, or even if it is is playable, whether it's enjoyable to play. You know, uh, one of my questions for the pianist is, actually, you know, yes, with a bit of work you could play that, but is that something you'd want to work on? You know, or actually is that something you go, oh, I really just don't want to touch it again, you know, and, and, and then I would change it. But uh, actually... Yes, but you know, for her, it brings a different energy trying to make that work. So that works for the piece. Um, looking at whether the notes I've written, well, I mean, we didn't actually touch on the notes I've written, but you know, looking at how easy it is for the singer in the in the in the range that I've written it. So whether where I have it, it's actually in a, quite a tricky place. Um, whether it's worth bringing that down a tone to make it slightly easier to sing, or whether actually that also lends a certain urgency to the to the music itself um, but also you know again does the singer want to want to sing it again and if they don't then for me I want to change it so so that's that's the kind of feedback that I'm interested in you know I, I want to know where I can make it even if it's challenging more enjoyable and more of a satisfying experience and I find this with all of my music is that I'm very much um, very uh, very metronomic in way, the way I write, so I really, so um, I really like to have that feeling of um, each crotchet is a crotchet, each um, quaver is a quaver. So, yeah. so really using that, uh, and then that allows the rhythms I write to kind of bounce off it. Does that does that make sense? So, it's sort of, the rhythms are really important. Um, so, so not to shy away from if it's. Within that workshop experience, do you feel any kind of conflict between wanting to be directive and seeking con- consensus? Or is it a very sort of instinctive exchange between performer and, and, and you? It's quite a hard one because in, in previous workshops I'm usually quite, you know, thank you so much for performing my piece, I never want, I don't want to say anything bad at all. But actually, you know, what I've learned as I've, I've, you know, had more experience is that the performers want to know what you want, what you think. You know, it's a, you know, it is a two-way thing. Um, you know, they want to know if they're doing it properly, and you want to know if they enjoy doing it properly. You know, and so for me, I do want to be a bit directive, and I do want to give more of an idea of what um, what my piece is about. So, for example, you know, one feedback that I gave was that actually I need a rhythmic. Um, uh, 
I need the piece to be rhythmic. I need the pulse to be really clear, you know, without having lots of rubato and, you know, and, and, and that's really important so that allows the rhythms to bounce off. Um, but it's also about being respectful, you know, you're not, you know, so, so it, but it's respectful in a way of both giving feedback but also um, being, you know, being grateful for being in this position. What is the experience like of doing all of that within a cohort of other composers all oh. sat behind you? Oh, I mean, it's, it's quite terrifying. Um, I won't lie about that. But, um, you know, what was really lovely is that we all met yesterday. We had a day where we were just getting to know each other and we were all in learning the same things at the same time. Maybe some people knew bits, some people didn't. But we all came from different places, but, but really sort of um, were put into the same sort of uh, mental space. And it was really nice getting to know people's personalities first. Because now I've come to today really interested about how those personalities translate musically. And I'm really excited to hear everyone else's work. Um, and I'm sure it's all going to be very varied, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's quite terrifying p- putting your work in front of anyone. So to have other really fantastic composers in the room um, who have similar goals uh, is, you know, it's, it's, it's terrifying, but, but kind of amazing too. Uh, this question is really for me, so you'll have to forgive the indulgence, but I noticed that um, uh, I'm exhausted and all I've been doing is filming uh, and interviewing people, uh, so I've no idea how you feel, but I did notice that when your song was being performed, that there was a moment when I thought, the room is silent. I did, and actually, it's. I find it fascinating you've pointed pointed that out. You've picked it up because, for me, for a long time, that's been a real um, goal as a composer. To I love hearing the audience in a piece because naturally, music is sound. It's not just the pitches or the notes or the performance on stage. It's. I find it's who's in the space that makes the piece, and. That will always change. It depends on the type of space, whether it's large or small, resonant or quite dry. And I love being sat in the middle of a concert hall and hearing everything else around me and picking up on something sort of, you know, rattling or someone starts coughing and you notice a pattern. Um, and for me, that just adds to the experience. And my music tends... I'm going to make a sweeping generalisation about my music now, which is going to be uh, contradicted by the piece that's um, coming up next, really, for me. But most of my music is quite quiet, very, very focused. Um, So really playing with that silence and that sort of space where you really focus in and very, very concentrate... Yeah, concentrate really... On a, on a finite kind of space and sound and then it makes you more aware of 
the space around you, I think. Given that there was a moment there that we both sort of agree on, mm. um, and that some of that was to do with silence and the creation of silence yeah. by two other people, um, to what extent do you feel comfortable knowing that actually I created that? I mean, do you have that experience as, a, as an artist? I like that. Um, I mean, part of the reason why I write quite quiet music and very focused music with the idea of silence being part of it is I have very acute hearing. So actually being in... I mean, I've written very, very loud pieces that sort of play on that as well. But quite often, all the different sounds around me overwhelm me. Um, and I find it, um, it's uh, part of having ME for me, is I can't filter sound like everyone else can. It becomes this wall of white noise. So for me, sort of filtering sounds down to something very small where people do focus in on it and focus on the silence and just sit and just... I think it's, it's a good practice, actually, for everyone to have that stillness in them especially when we've all got really busy lives. I had, I was completely not prepared for you to say that. I just hate for me to say that that, has, that that's approach, what is yeah. the approach has come out of it. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially what you're saying. I think that's remarkable. Oh, thank um, you. And, uh, what a joy. Thank you very much indeed. That's all right. I don't speak about my disability very often. Um, no, and, and I hope you didn't mind. No, no, no. no. I'm becoming more confident about speaking because... I've realised more and more that's part of me, that's part of my voice and who I am as a creator. What's really surprised you in the workshop? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, there are things that you... There are things that I think maybe there are just things that I, I missed, actually, in the, in the music, in the text, and I was like... Of course, of course that should be that. Or, yes, that's a good point, and I know where to take that. So there were those little moments where you, you just think, oh, well, I've, 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 I've dissected this within an inch of its life, and then, of course, there are going to be things you miss. You're human. And that's actually part of the fun, and that's, that is why a workshop is so helpful, because a lot of the time uh, one doesn't have an opportunity to do that in such detail. Um, and it's been really, really interesting to break down those sections and break down those uh, ideas and really, um, you know, just just choose that pool of thought and, and run that through the whole, whole piece and then choose another pool of thought and really try and knuckle down um, exactly what you want to say with the piece and how you want people to feel. What have you enjoyed most about today? I have loved listening to the other pieces and the feedback that they've been getting and I've been going, aha, you know, <laughs> I can use some of that feedback. And also, you know, looking at the way the other composers work on things and what ideas they brought in and, you know, now I'm a bit more experienced, I can also understand without too much analysis how they've got to places and I can see the patterns and, and, and it's just, it's really nice to, uh, to learn. It's a brilliant learning experience, and that, that's what I've really got out of it. Workshops serve several purposes, and especially when the composers come in different parts of their growth. 
be they're already mature and out there doing it, be they young and still working on their PhDs. And it's important because we learn when we're ready to learn. When you hear it, even if you're going up the old educational spiral of enlightenment and com composition, somebody goes, oh yeah, I'd forgotten that. And so when you're teaching or guiding someone who's younger and doing more elemental things, the older person goes, yes, I do know that, I have value. And so no matter what level you're speaking to, someone is going to find something that's important to them to help them move forward. To, to be able to come to this building here and step into PRS as, you know, a, a composer, is, is fantastic. Um, you know, often I'm on the other end of an application with PRS or, you know, the other end of a phone call, but to actually be able to come here, um, it, it, it does provide you with a, a, a sort of real sense of um, worth, I think. Um, and also, you know, uh, to, to know that the work is going to be so varied. I mean, we're all connected by a love of writing for voice, but I think we all come from completely different backgrounds with completely different interpretations um, and it's really nice that that's all been valued um, and that's all been engaged with as well uh, so yeah I feel like very like proud to be here and they've treated us really well and everyone's really lovely and you know some super smart feedback throughout the whole weekend and some real points of learning and things that have just piqued my interest even more in, in areas I don't know enough about and want to know more. And on a personal level, I can't tell you how lovely it is <laughs> to hear a baby in the room. I it's know. It's a really lovely thing. I if know. you're trying to raise the profile of, um, of female composers, you need to put things in place to allow them to do that. And this was just a fantastic way of enabling me to take part and my daughter's loved it you know <laughs> and, uh, and I think other people have loved her and and I think you know it really it's important to know that you can do that you know so that I mean you know at the moment my baby's only just starting on solids I can't really leave her at home you know um, for short periods of time yes but for a weekend no um, for both of our comfort um, and I it, it meant a lot that, you know, I went to PRS and I said, I, I'm really interested in being involved, thank you for, you know, thank you for selecting me, but I need to bring my child with me. PRS, they didn't blink, didn't bat an eye. It was just, yes, fantastic, bring them along, not a problem, we will make things easy for you. And, you know, I think, I, you know, I, I went to university and I saw the composers around me and I went... Is there a place for me in this world? I don't know. I want a family and I want to be a composer and I don't know if I can do that. I honestly don't know. And I, I went through a long time of feeling quite depressed about it and sort of settling, you know, making myself feel, okay, fine, I won't be a big composer because I'm not willing to sacrifice the family. But being able to be here with my daughter, which is also a great experience for her, um, it just means so much. It's really, really important. And I'm really grateful to PRS for uh, enabling me to do that. I wonder whether having receiving that information um, almost legitimises the process. So I'm, in asking the question, I'm projecting a certain amount of myself onto you, which may not be applicable, but, but I wonder whether understanding or being ex introduced to some of the business aspects or the business end of composing actually means you go, well, I should have had that. So therefore, this, I'm a business. I'm not just a creative, I'm a business. I mean, that's kind of how I feel now.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think something else that has come up in every single session is that you must give yourself the value that you deserve. Mm. Um, and that includes being paid properly and through the right avenues and asking for fees that you are meant to be getting. But it, again, knowledge is power. Like, if you don't know it, then mm. how can you ask? So it's, it's really good. And it's also, um, it's definitely legitimized it. It feels... We, I feel very privileged to have certain people speak to us about that and just take time out to to actually address us individually and as a small group. It's It's been great. Uh, the phrase was, ask for the value that you deserve. No? Oh, gosh, it was good, wasn't it? It was. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you just made that up? Is that what you... <laughs> you, just, you are very musical theatre. Many thanks to all of the composers who willingly participated in this podcast, uh, sharing much of themselves in the process uh, at the same time as giving permission for some of their works to be included in it. It was an invigorating experience for me, something that I really valued and really gained a lot from. You can find details of those who took part in the show notes on Audioboom or on the Thoroughly Good blog. Thanks too to Harriet Wybaugh, Classical Music Manager at PRS for Music, Lucy Schaefer and Chris Gillett at Wild Plum Arts and the Cheltenham Festival too for making me feel so very welcome observing proceedings.